This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, good morning, Rabbi. We continue in Masech the Chagiga, Tesla If anybody wants, we have some good eggs. Um, we're on uh, this t- today's daft is Yud Amid Aleph. We're going to start from the two dots on the bottom on Tesla Mabez. The Mishnah said, Rabbi Shimon Menasi Oimer, what is a incorrection that cannot be fixed? That is someone who lives with an erva, and produces a mamzer. So that implies that the only time it's incorrectable, uncorrectable, is if you produce a mamzer. But just having relations with a ma- with a arayas, so you do tshuva and that's it. Says the Gemara, if you give birth to a mamzer, so now you have... Uh, you have concretization, materialization of your sin, but if you didn't give birth, not a problem. I v'hatanya, we learned in a bride, if you steal, that's not mu'uva she'no yachalosko, and that's not something that can't be corrected. Efshir she'yachser geneva, v'yisakin, you can return the stolen object and correct it. Goizel adam, if you rob someone, you could return what you stole and correct it. But if you live with a married woman, now she becomes prohibited to her husband. You go lost from the world. And you, and you have to leave. In other words, if you live with a married woman, so now you render her prohibited to her husband, and it's something that's not correctable. You've messed up this marriage forever. Now, Already we have a kasha, because uh, we see from here you don't have to actually produce a mamzer. Just living with the arayos alone, creating an isr labayla, that alone is an uncorrectable um, wrongdoing. And so why did the Mishnah say only if you produce a mamzer? You could have something that's not correctable just from the relations if you cause an isr to the husband. The Gemara is going to give an obvious answer. That the Mishnah is talking about when you live with an arayos, who she's not married, or she... Uh, or it's not causing an iser to her husband. But the, that's the kasha to bat. Reb Shem ben Yechai Oimer, Reb Shem ben Yechai says that no, someone who lives with Arias is not considered something that can't be corrected because in Oimer bakru gamal. You don't say, check a camel. Let's say you want to bring a camel as a carbon. You're not mavaker, you don't check the camel to see if the camel has a mum because you can't bring the camel for a carbon in the first place. So nobody's inspecting the camel. Bakru Chazir, nobody inspects a pig for whether it's about mum or not. My, my Zayda was the last rub of the city of Sachachov in 1939, right before uh, the Nazis came in. His neighbor, who was a Polish attorney, came in, who he was very good friends with. Actually, he was a, my grandfather, my great grandfather was the Dayan of the city, was the Avbez of the city. So this Polish attorney used to sit in on the court cases. He appreciated the Talmudic logic. But right before the Nazis came in, he brought in a Nazi to my Zayda's Bezdin. He came in with a bowl, of a, with a liver of a pig. And the liver was so, it was like in a bowl of blood. He slammed it down on the table. Rabbi, is it kosher or treif? He says, you know, it's a pig liver. I need a, I need a halacha on this pig liver. And otherwise, the SS officer will be back. But obviously, you know, you can't, there's no such psak. You can't paskin on a camel. You can't paskin on a pig. You can only investigate a sheep, which is roy for a carbon. So therefore, you can't say someone who lives with an erva is something that was a wrongdoing that cannot be corrected because in all likelihood, the person was not straight to begin with. The only time you could say, um, 
to a, a wrongdoing that cannot be corrected is something that was straight to begin with. Ve'eze, what is someone who is straight that cannot be uh, corrected? Zet Talmud Chacham Shapirish Torah. That's a Torah sage that separates from Torah. Because... He was straight to begin with, and then he uh, left the, the better pastures for uh, a field of weeds. Why oh, so why can't the person do tshuva? Very good question. So I'd say like this, because if somebody, uh, let's say, used to learn Torah, and then he doesn't, you could do tshuva all you want, then you won't be punished. But there's no way to make up the Torah that you didn't learn. In other words, tshuva... Could, you could get atonement, but there's no way to fulfill it. In other words, let's say somebody in the Gemara says, Mrs. Krishma. You could do tshuva, but you lost that shema forever. It's ma'uva sheno yachaliskain. What about if you do tshuva me'ava, where all your averes turn from? Ah, good. So, it's, so, the question is, but what mitzvah does it turn into? You now it's as if you made it. You, you didn't daven properly, now it's as if you daven properly. So I would say like this. Lamaisa the Maral says, the truth is, even if somebody lived with an Arayas and had a Mamzer, if you do full tshuva, you could get a Kapara. The Gemara doesn't mean it's impossible, it means it's very difficult. But even when you do tshuva me'ava, you get a different tzchus. That tzchus of saying the Shema, that tzchus you didn't get because you didn't say the Shema. Maybe you get a different tzchus. Hashem grants you a, a tzchus. But it's not the tzchus of saying the Shema. You know, well, or, or like, let's say like this, you know, um, here's a guy, he, he, uh, he missed the day of yeshiva. So the mashkiach asks, where were you? My great aunt needed me to schlep her, her boxes of china, and there was mamish sakonis nefoshos. So what does the mashkiach say? You're, you're forgiven, but nobody ever became a tamar chacham on excuses. So an excuse might get you off the hook, but at the end of the day, you're not going to know that blada gemara, right? So okay, so it's in a way move shenu yachaliskain. Says the gemara, Rabbi Huda ben Lakish Amar, called tamar chacham shepireish min any Torah sage that separates from the Torah, Allah hakasav aimer. About him, the, the pasuk says, kitzipar noidedes min kina. Like a bird that wanders from her nest, so too a man wanders from his place. In other words, when a Tamachacham leaves the Torah, it's like he left his home. He left his security. He left his oasis. And God says, What wrongdoing did your forefathers find in me? I gave you a beautiful Torah. It makes you happy. It gives you contentment. What, what ill will, what, what bad did you see in me, God says, that you left the Torah? But, yeah, what did I ever do to you? All I did was I gave you the best thing in the world, so, so why did you leave it? But the bottom line is, the kasha, the mishnah, is ma'ashma, mu'uva, is only if you produce a mamzer. And here, the mere relations with an erva, which causes isr labayla, also is considered and deemed mu'uva she'ena yachaliskoin. Says the Gemara, I need two new batteries. Says the Gemara, it's not a kasha. Loi kasha. Kan ba'achoisai penuya, kan ba'eshes ish. When do we say that you have to produce a mamzer? You only have to produce a mamzer if you live with your sister who's single. If you live with your sister who's single, so then you're not causing her to become usher to her husband. So it would only be uncorrectable if. You produce a mamzer. But if you live with a married woman, even if you don't produce any children, that's muva sinochaliskan because you asked her to her husband.
Says the Gemara, Seima, or if you want, you could say, Hava Hava Ishasish. Both women are married. If you live with her against her will, if you rape her, then it's not because she doesn't become usher to her husband, because it's against her will. She doesn't, uh, she's still mutaras labala. But if it's with her consent, so then she's usher to her husband, then it would be usher, even if. If what, even if you don't produce a mamz. In other words, if it's against her will, it's only if you produce a child. If it's with her consent, it's even if uh, you don't produce a child. Second, if a person rapes a woman, a child born as a mamzer? If she's married. If she's married as a mamzer? Yeah. So, it's not, so she didn't do anything? She's the victim, and plus on top of that, that is a mamzer, and she's prohibited to her husband? She's not prohibited to her husband. But she is a mamzer? Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 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 okay. The Gemara continues. The Baisema, Hava Hava Ines. Both situations are, it's against her will. I, if it's against her will, L'chayra, you had to produce a child. If she's the wife of a koyen, then you ask her to her husband, even if it's against her will. But if it's the wife of Yisrael, you're only going to ask her if it's b'ratzayin. And therefore, by Eishas Yisrael, it's only if you produce a child. By Eishas Koyen, it's even if it's against her will. Fine. Now the Gemara ends off with a drasha on the Pasuk in Zechariah. That speaks about the Talmud Chacham who abandons his learning. Okay? Now we think, what does it mean the Talmud Chacham abandons his learning? He learned in yeshiva, he learned until he was married, he learned five years in Kailal, and then he gets a job, and he can't even uh, learn a, a word on Shabbos. So Gemara says, no, it's not as drastic as you think. One who goes out and one who comes in, there's no peace. Amarav, Rav said... Kivan sheyotze adam midvar halacha ledvar mikra shuv in leishalim. Somebody who is accustomed to learning halacha in depth, and then wanted to take the easy way out and said, you know what? I'm going to start learning chumash and Rashi, maybe the Ramban, and I'll learn chumash instead. Ein leishalim. He has no peace. Now, what does that mean? Ein leishalim. He will not be able to paskin anymore. Rashi says shein hayra midvar mikra. There's no way to paskin from Chumash. The Mishnayis explain the unclarity and the unclear passages in the Torah. In other words, somebody who abandons Halacha to learn Chumash is considered, um, in a way, abandoning the Torah. Because you won't have the same level of scholarship. Even though the Chumash in a way is, is holier in a way, but no, not in terms of practice. Sounds like you learned Halacha, in other words, he was learning halacha, right? Yeah, good point. Huh? In other words, uh, it, it doesn't mean he never learned halacha. He was learning halacha. Yeah. But he abandoned, it sounds like his, his uh, um, adeptness and his, and his uh, ability to pasken properly will, be, will wane. Right? Even though he does have experience in learning halacha. Someone who's used to learning Gemara. And he says, you know what? In the Elter Yorin, I'll start learning oh, Mishnayis. Mishal, I'm not going to learn Gemara as much. No, Ein Shalom. It's not correct. Says the Rashi, Mitamad Mishnah. Now, interesting. 
Talmud in the Gemara is not called Gemara. Talmud in the Gemara is called Shimush Tamidei Chachamim. Shimush Tamidei Chacham means you hear the shear, but afterwards when the people question, and then the Rebbe has to sort of clarify to the next level, that's the, that's the Iker Gemara. Gemara is, look, Rashi says, If you reach the Madrego where you serve Tamidei Chachamim, Shehin Medaktikin Litein Tam Mishnayis, they were very careful to give the reasonings of Mishnayis, Lahavina Mishnayis Asoshazu Asu, to explain the contradictory Mishnayis, Velimsay Tam Leftor Lachayvel Israel Hatar, and to give the various rationales for what's permitted, what's Asar. Shehamishnazu Kare Talmud. This type of learning is called Talmud. And if you left that and instead you say, you know what, let me just get the texts of the Mishnah and the simple reading of the Mishnah and the simple translation of the Mishnah, that ain't loy shalom, you will not be wholesome and, and full in your ability to paskan. For Rabbi Yochanan Amar, afilu mishas l'shas. The guy's not stopping to learn Gemara. But he's changing his learning of Gemara from one Talmud to the other. What does that mean from one Talmud to the other? Rashi says that means, if you used to learn Yushalmi, and now you say, enough with the Yushalmi, I'm going to go to the Bavli, also your Psak will be limited. Why would that be? Because Bavli is considered darkness compared to Yushalmi. Like the Gemara says in Sanhedrin, Talmud Yushami is considered, Talmud Babli is considered darkness compared to Yushami. It's interesting. In Yushami, we point out one difference, you know, it starts in Daf Aleph, but besides that, in Yushami, when it wants to cite a, 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 a proof, it says, Tochazi, come and see. It says, Tochazi, come and see. As opposed to in the Babli, it doesn't say Tashma. Because in Babli, it's all inference and Understanding, but you don't see it. There's a certain clarity in the Yushalmi that you don't have in the Bavli. Now, I I was a little, oh, I was a little bit surprised that Rashi learns this way, because of course the Iker learning is the Bavli. Many Gedolim never saw the Yushalmi even, or didn't learn the Yushalmi. Um, then Itziv learns that when the Gemara calls the Bavli darkness, it's Lamal Yusa, it's the advantage of the Bavli. That because it's not so crystal clear, you need to analyze and apply yourself, and when you do, you gain a level of understanding that's not available through the Yushami. So, so uh, interestingly, the Toysus Rid learns the Gemara the exact opposite of Rashi. That if you leave the Bavli and you go to Yushami, you will have no peace. That's what I would have learned you know, instinctively. Even Rashi says, "Latama Bavli Shahu Amok." It's it's deeper. It's deeper. So why why do we right. say Ain Shalom though? Right? right. I would say though, even in Rashi, I just chapped. Who's saying this? No? This is Rabbi Yochanan, the author of the Yishami. So maybe that's why Rashi learns. Someone who Rabbi Yochanan is saying, obviously, if you leave Yishami to the Bavli, because this is the Yishami is Rabbi Yochanan's work. But not, I don't, I don't think Rashi means that the Yushami is better or more important. We don't follow the Yushami. By the way, why don't we follow the Yushami? There are two reasons. Number one, we don't follow the Yushami. It was written earlier. And the Bavli is the final word. And number two, the Yushami is a much smaller collection of, of G'daylam. Most Ruba the Ruba the Ruba of the Amiram lived in Bavel. And Ravina and Ravash were able to collect all their opinions. Rabbi Yochanan... And only a few people uh, were able to galvanize their opinion in the Yushami. Toysus learns, like Rashi and like the Toysus read, that if you leave one, one Talmud for the other, meaning like this, 
you have a guy. Oh, I already learned Tafiyoimi, so next cycle I'll do Yushami. Pal, you don't even know one blot in the whole Bavli. You didn't even spend more than 40 minutes on one blot. You don't know, you didn't read one Rashi inside, you didn't read one Taisis. Wait for the Yushami until you actually know, let's say, one line of the Bavli. Right? So if you jump to one Talmud before you know the other Talmud, you're not going to know anything. That's how Toysus learns the Gemara. So Toysus sort of avoids the issue of which one is more important and which one is better. Okay, Vaiter. This is um, the Mishnah. Very interesting Mishnah. We know there's something, we know there's Tarsha Baal the Iker Torah, Rabbi Yochanan says in Gitin Daf Samach, Leikar Sakalish Baruch Obrisim Yisrael Elabashil Tarsha Baal So what's interesting is there are various types of Tarsha Baal There are certain halachas that basically are written in the Chumash, and the Tarsha Baal explains them. But there are certain halachas, there are certain halachas that are Bechalal not mentioned in the Torah. There's like one little hair's breadth in the Torah. And the rest of it, the Talmud, the 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 Tarshav expounds on it. So the Gemara, the Mishnah says like this: Heter Nedarim, the ability for a Chacham to be Matir and Nedar, Parchin Ba'avir, it flies in the air. Meaning, there is no strong basis in the Torah Shabbat that you could be Matir and Nedar. It doesn't really say it anywhere explicitly. It's flying in the air. It really doesn't have a lot to rely on. Hilchoy Shabbos, the laws of Shabbos. Chagigos, the laws of bringing a karma chagiga. Vahameilos, the prohibition of benefiting from hektish. Hareihem kaharorim hatzluim besara. Yes, there is some scriptural basis, but it's very minor. It's like a mountain on top of a hair. Meaning we have a, a lot of halachos, and it rests on very little um, source material in the Chumash. Okay? Shehin mikra muat because there are very few psukim, the halachis, merubais, and many, many halachis. Hadinin, the laws, meaning monetary laws, the ha'avoidos, laws of service in the temple, ha'tahoyros, those things which are tahar, ba'atameos, those things which are tameh, va'arayos, and illicit relations, yesh lahen amasha yismoichu, they have what to rely on, the hein hein gufei Torah. These is the main body of the Torah. These halachas, don't just have Tarshavah Peh based on very little scriptural source, but it's very rooted in the Tarshavah Saf. Okay. So the Gemara says that one of the examples of Hararim Hatsulim, uh, one of the, one of, an example of something that flies in the air and has no scriptural source is Heter Nadarim. Heter Nadarim is Parchin Ba'avir. Meaning it's not really based on the Chumash. It's just halach l'mayish. It's not. It's uh, Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu to teach it to us, but it's not really rooted in the chumash, and it doesn't really have what to rely on in the chumash. Tanya, Reb Lezer Oimer, Yesh lahem amasha yismaicho. Reb Lezer says no. They do have what to rely on. Rabbeinu Chanano explains, meaning there is a raya in Torah. There is that the Torah does give rishus to imat in the darim. And it's not like birds that are flying in the air, like the Mishnah said. Meaning, Rabbi Lezer has a contrary opinion to the Mishnah. How do I know? Shinema, ki yafli, ki yafli. It says two times, once by Erechin, and once by Nazirus, the word yafli. Yafli means to enunciate explicitly. Shtei pa'amim, two times. Achas hafla le'isr. One is that if you enunciate with your words, it will cause a prohibition. And... Another time to teach that you could to, to be matir your nether. The achas and one to enunciate that you could be matir your nether. Says Rashi ki afli shtei pamim 
echad be'erachin ve'echad be'nazir. One be'erachin, one be'nazir. Ki yafli neder be'erachacha, ki yafli lindar neder be'nazir. One is hafla le'isr. <coughs> By the way, Rashi says, kule hafla lashain perush. Hafla means explanation, explicate. Kitagumayare yafresh. Why does it say hafla by both of them? One, when you enunciate the neder, and one, when you retract before the chacham. And he said, I made this in this neder, and I had this in mind, but if I would have known that the repercussions of the neder would have been an X, Y, and Z, I never would have made it. So Belezer holds, Hatter Nadorim does have what to rely on. Rabbi Yeshua, Aimer, Rabbi Yeshua says, Yesh lahem amashi yismaychus, shenemer, Asher nishbati v'yapi. Very good. God said, I swore in my wrath. Why is Hashem saying, I swore in my wrath? God should say, I swore. Who cares that it was in His wrath? He's indicating, the only reason I swore is because I was angry. And if I want, I can be matir. So from here we see that if there's a, a circumstance of why you made the nether, you may be allowed to matir. Biapi nishbati v'chazarti. I swore in my wrath and I'm retracting. Rabbi Yitzchak, so so far we have two sources for Heter Nadarim. Rabbi Yitzchak, Aimer, Yesh lahem amashi yismaycha. Rabbi Yitzchak says that they have what to rely on. Shenemar, koel nediv libay. It says, who donated to the Mishkan? Everyone whose heart compels him. That implies, if he made the neder, and his heart no longer compels him, he has an opt-out. It says, who gives? Koel nediv lev. His heart is still compelling. Who cares if his heart is still compelling him? He has to keep his word. He made an ender. Why is it important that his heart is still compelling him? It must be that if your heart is not... Let's say like this. I gave money to the shul because I thought X, Y, and Z. But it's not. So now you still have to keep your word. But maybe it can be matter neder. Maybe, yeah, maybe not. Okay? Chananya ben Achi, Rabbi Shua Oimer. Chananya, the nephew of Rabbi Shua, says, Yesh lahem amash yismoichu. Being matir nadarmet, um, has what to rely on. Shenemer, nishbati, says David, I swore, va'akayema, and I will fulfill lishmar mishpatei tzidkecha, to guard the judgments of your rules. So David says, I swore and I'll keep it. No kidding, you'll keep it. If you swore, you have to keep it. Must be, it's a chiddush that you'll keep it. Because there's an opt-out if you don't want to keep it. Baruch Oimer Ve'Oisem. Geyser Mekan, yeah. What? Baruch Geyser Mekan. Right. I'm Rabbi Yehuda Amar Shmuel. Now, interestingly, we have a Gemara like this in Megillah, where we have a bunch of Tanoim that bring a proof to something, and Shmuel, who's an Amoira, comes and says, if I would have been around, I would have brought a better proof. And the Gemara says, Shmuel, Shmuel, we're okay. Shmuel um, said something better, lift it up a tiny bit, that leg. Shmuel said something better than everybody else. Amr of Yehuda, Amr Shmuel. Rabbi Yehuda said the name of Shmuel. I would have been there. Amr Yehuda, I would have said, Didi Adifa Midutcho. My proof is better than all your proofs. Shemar, Shmuel says the proof is that you could be mat in the Dorim. Lo Yachel Devarai. He cannot make his words profane. Who ain't Michael? He cannot make his words profane. Aval Achirim Michael and Lai, but others do could make his words profane. Okay. Amar Rava. Rava said, "Lekulu Islu Pircha Levarmi Dishmuel." All the above cited sources for Hetan Nadarim have a 
refutation except for Shmuel. The less lay percha. He does not have a refutation. Why? The proof that Rebbe Lezer brought of Kiafli, Kiafli, Dilma Kid Rabbi Huda Sha'amar Mishim Rav Tarfain. Maybe it's like Rabbi Huda said in the name of Rav Tarfain. The Tanya we learned in a Brisa. Rabbi Huda Oimer Mishim Rav Tarfain. La'olam in Echad Mehem Nazir. Neither of them are a Nazir. Shalai Nitna Nazirus Ella Because Nazirus was only given for explication. Means like this. There's a guy walking down the street. We'll call him uh, Daniel. Right? So Zemi sees Daniel, and Zemi says, if Daniel is a Nazir, then I'm a Nazir. Because Zemi's sure Daniel became a Nazir. So Sroli says, there's no way Daniel became a Nazir. If Daniel is not a Nazir, then I'm a Nazir. So one thing's going to be for sure. One of you two guys is going to be a Nazir. Because you said if he is, I'll be a Nazir. You said if he's not, I'll be a Nazir. The Allah is, none of you are Nazir, even if he is or even if he's not. Why? Because since you made your acceptance of Nazirus contingent, and you didn't say decisively I'm a Nazir, you're not a Nazir. Where do we learn that from? The extra Kiafli. We learn from Kiafli that you're only a Nazir if you say unconditionally I'm a Nazir. But if you make your acceptance of Nazirus dependent on an outside circumstance, which may or may not be true, even if you det- you're um, able to decipher later X or Y, <coughs> it's not Chal. Okay. Nazirus is only given to a clear, clear expression. The first one says that, that you need, uh, the first one, we never learned that, the first one. It was always the second one. The first one we needed for the, <coughs> we needed for the Yatsam Din that you can make an Edar. Imid Rabbi Shua, if you're going to bring a, a proof from what Rabbi Shua says, that God said, I swore in my anger. Which implies there's an opt-out. Maybe this is what it means. In my anger I, I swore. And I'll never retract. So it's unclear what this means exactly. Because by the way, Toysus points out that... <coughs> What do you mean God is saying, I swore in my anger? The Gemara wanted to learn from there that you could be Mater Neder. We know God was never Mater Neder. God swore that anyone between 20 and 60 would not make it into the Midbar. And they didn't. And they didn't. So Toysa says, no, he was still Mater Neder. How? Because he also swore they would never go into Olam Haba. And he, did, and he is allowing them. The generation of the Midbar, the Gemara brings an opinion... We'll make it into Olam Abba. So God was Mater Neder on the chilek of His Neder that they won't make it into Olam Abba. Now according to this, then it has to be going according to the Shita that they don't go into Olam Abba. I was just thinking, interesting question. We know that not everyone between 20 and 60 didn't make it into the Midbar. Because the last 15,000, they went to sleep on Tishabab, they dug their own graves and they woke up in the morning. So what happened to their Neder? Sounds like God had to be Mater Neder on those last 15,000. But anyway, right now the Gemara is being Madcha. This proof that Rabban Shalom is not saying, I swore my anger and therefore there's an opt-out. He's saying, I swore and I was angry and there's no way out. If you're going to bring a proof from what Rabbi Yitzchak said, that it says, Kol Nediv Libay, Anyone whose heart compels him, which implies your heart still has to be compelling you to be obligated by your neder, 
No, maybe it's not teaching you that. Maybe it's teaching you something else. Dilma gave me the Maybe it's excluding the din of Shmuel. The Amar Shmuel Gomar Let's say somebody makes a decision in his mind. I'm going to give the shul one point two million dollars, but he doesn't say it. He just thinks it. According to Shmuel. It's not, it's not binding. Because if you make up in your mind, you have to uh, enunciate it. No! Rabbi Yitzchak is saying, the Pasuk of Kol Nediv Libai is saying, even if you just think you're going to give tzedakah, you are bound by it. By the way, we pass them like that. Under certain circumstances. Because we do also pass in Gamar Belibai Tzach Shiret B'Sasav. V'hakamash Malon, Da'af Agav Deloi Hoytzi B'Sasav. Even if you don't enunciate it, if you merely think you're going to give tzedakah, you're bound by it. Now, if the thought just goes through your head, ah, you know, wow, such a nice building, I'm going to really give a... Eh, it doesn't mean anything. But let's say you say, you enunciate in your mind, I'm going to give to the shul $5,000, $10,000. You say it, in other words, you say it in your head. Not you think it like you think, you know, I really have to exercise. You never spoke it out loud. Though. Right? Because everybody thinks that really, but, but nobody does it, right? Um, it doesn't mean just a fleeting thought. You have a formal thought. You do everything but say the words. That, that may be binding. Especially to hektish. What about Hananya? Hananya, Hananya said, Nishbati v'akayema. David Amel says, I swore and I kept it. What's the big deal? You swore and you kept it. The, the big deal is that implies you could be moderate. Maybe like Rav Gidol Amarav said, From where do we know that we swear, that, that you could swear to fulfill a mitzvah? Meaning, how do I know it's encouraged? How do I know it's a mitzvah to swear that you're going to do a mitzvah? In other words, let's do this. We're learning Mesech the Chagiga. And the guy's sitting there. Chagiga, I really should do it, but it's too hard. How am I going to make it twice a week? It's a mitzvah to swear you're going to do it. Why? Because there's a din, nizhba'en, l'kayim es ha-mitzvah, to energize yourself, to motivate yourself. People say, I don't want to sign. It is bli neder, because people get very nervous. But really it should be b'neder, that I'm not going to talk. It's actually a mitzvah to make a neder that you're going to bind yourself to a mitzvah. It's a gemara nedarim. Minayin shenishboyin lekayim es mitzvah. How do I know I swear, a person should swear to fulfill a mitzvah? Shenemar nishbati. David Amel says, I swore. Ba'akayim and I will fulfill it. Lishmar mishbet tzikacha. Ela d'shmuel, aslei percha. Shmuel has no percha. Amar Rava, Rava said, V'yitimar of Nachim bar Yitzchak. Hainu da'amriyin, this is what people say. Tava, chada, palpalta, charifta, better one sharp pepper, mimalit sana de curry, than a basket full of melons. Better a sharp pepper, we had this in Megillah, than a basket full of, of melons. Right? The, what, 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 remember that? Shachmanas. He passed it over. The Gemara says, How do I know Esther Baruch HaKodesh Namra? How do I know Esther Baruch HaKodesh So one man the says, Because it says, Vayoymer Haman Belibai. How do we know? One man the said, Because. Mordechai overheard Big Son of Sarash. And Shmuel said, no, it says, Kimu Kiblu. Now, Shmuel is much younger than the Tanoim. He's small, he's like a little pepper. They're big melons. But Shmuel, sharp! 
But, right? People, you ever have people say, oh, it's such a delicious melon. What are they talking about? Melon has no taste. There's no taste in a melon. Oh, it's such a this delicious melon. There's no, it doesn't pack a punch. A pepper is a, sh- a small thing. But a pepper, you get your money's worth. You get a, it packs a punch. Okay? Let's do a little shtickle and then we'll hold it. We'll pick it up tonight. Okay. So we said, Hilchoy Shabbos are what is called Harorim Hatulim Besara. So only very few people, very few psukim, very few, very little scriptural basis, and many halachis. The Gemara says, Mechtag Sivan, what are you talking about? Hilchah Shabbos is written. The Gemara says, no, but there's one particular halacha which is not really written. Rabbi Abba. The Amar Rabbi Abba, Hachoyfer Guma B'Shabbos Ve'in Sarch Ela La'afara Pater. If you dig a hole on Shabbos, and you're doing it now, if you dig a hole on Shabbos, because you need the hole, you're building a mikvah, you're building a swimming pool, you're building a place to put your kids when they act up, right? So that is a, <laughs> that is a binion, right? You know the guy, they asked him, how do you, what do you do with your kids? How do you, how do you control your kids? I make a big playpen. And I go into it until Shabbos is over, right? But, um, so if you're building a hole, because you're trying to build a binion, that's boina on Shabbos, you're chayev. What if I'm building the hole? Because I don't want the hole. I want dirt. I need dirt. Why do you need dirt? The guy needs dirt. He's making brick, whatever it is. So if you're making a hole, not for the constructive purpose of the malacha, but for an ulterior gain, you're putter. Because for Shabbos it has to be, you do the malacha for the intended purpose of the malacha. Okay? So we know malacha shein sri chalaguf is putter. Now, if you dig a hole for the dirt, you're putter. This is analogous to the following case. We know what's the purpose of carrying on Shabbos. Let's say I, uh, I, I see. The, let's say there's no Erev in the five towns, and I, I come to the Kiddush. See, sponge cake, mamish. My wife loves sponge cake. I'm going to carry this sponge from from this side to the other side of Peninsula, to the better side of Peninsula, right? So the halacha is. So so what's the halacha? If there's no Erev. Why? Because the purpose of carrying is for the constructive purpose of to get, it, to get it to the other side. But what if there's a dead body in the room? And I'm not carrying out the dead body because I want the dead body elsewhere. It's I don't want the dead body to create a foul odor where it is. So I'm not doing the malacha for the intended constructive purpose of the malacha. I'm doing it for an alternative purpose. So Reb Shimon holds your potter. Who does this go like that if you dig a hole for the dirt and not for the constructive purpose of the hole, your potter? Keman, Reb Shimon, the Amar malacha shein suchel gufa potter aleha. Because Rabbi Huda holds, if you carry out a dead body to get rid of the smell, you're chayiv, because Rabbi Huda holds, it's not the objective of the malacha, it's the end goal of the malacha, which is, you carried. So that means, making a hole for the dirt only fits in according to the Shita Reb Shimon, that if you carry out a dead body, you get rid of the smell, you're patr. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Huda. even Rabbi Huda, who says if you carry out a dead body, your chayiv would agree if you dig a hole for the dirt, you're patr. Why? Because when you carry out the dead body, at the end of the day, you accomplished a creative act, and that is you transferred domains. But when you dig a hole, 
a hole is kilkal. A hole, you ruin something. If you're not trying to build something, it's kilkal. Hasam masaking. When you're carrying out the body, you're fixing something. You're accomplishing constructive activity. Hacha with the dead with the hole makalkalho. It is destructive, and therefore, if if you're not making the hole to build a hole, you're pater. This halacha that melacha shein is pater or kilkal is pater. My kaharora matuyim basara. What? Is this uh, So it definitely is a psikresha, but it's either malacha shein suicha lagufa, right? Again, if you don't want the hole, if you don't, want, I don't want the hole. I just want the dirt. So you're gonna be stuck with the hole in your in your house. So it's objectively, it's a kilka. You ruin their floor. So it's a dead body. You 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 did a creative act, and that is you transferred an item from from place A to place B. You didn't destroy anything. You didn't ruin anything. You just want the head, and you don't want the body. So it's it's also destructive act. So there's a big question. What's the difference between psikresha and malachashen suichalagufa? The basic difference is psikresha. I I want I want the head. Excuse me, psikresha. I'm cutting off the head. I want the head. And I don't want to kill the, the, the body, but I don't want to kill the bird, but it's going to die inevitably. But it's not that I have a different kavana. When I'm digging the hole, I have a different kavana. I want the dirt. The, the alternative kavana makes it a much l- less of an act, as opposed to psikresha. It's not like I have a different kavana than to kill it. It's, it's, a, it's a fundamental question in Shabbos, okay? The Gemara says, My kahara why does the Mishnah call it that it's like a mountain based on a hair? That's mashma. There is some remez in the Chumash that your potter, when it's either kilkal or melechah shem gufa, and the remez, the Gemara says, is melechah machshavas aso Torah. The Torah only answers a, 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 a melacha, a work, an activity which is thoughtful. And that's, that is indicated in the Torah because it says in the the Malacha of Shabbos in the context of the Mishkan. In the Mishkan it says, Malachas Machsheves. So that's the Ktsas Remez, that's the Sa'ara, that's the here, upon which these Halachas are based. Malachas Machsheves Siva. Malachas Machsheves is not written explicitly, but, but it is alluded to. Let's just do one Rashi. Malachas Machsheves, Shamachshava, Chajva Badaitoi, that the Machsheves you have to think in your mind, and intend for it. This guy did not have intention for this binyan. This is only a small remez. It doesn't say explicitly by Shabbos. It only says it by the Mishkan. Since the Tar juxtaposes Shabbos to the Mishkan, it doesn't say it by Shabbos. It says it by the Mishkan. We learn now Malachas Machshavas to Shabbos. Okay, we'll hold over here. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.